Welcome to the Power of Prayer podcast. This program is a ministry of All Saints Church in Lakeland, Florida. Each conversation is unique because of the topics and participants who join the Reverend Kathy Hewlin in the discussion. It's our hope that by listening to these testimonies and discussions, your openness to hearing from God in prayer will grow and change the way you love Him, yourself, and others. On today's Power of Prayer podcast, I am joined by Vicki Chastang and Jay Geary, both members of the Order of St. Luke here at All Saints Church. And we thought our topic today would be about the Order of St. Luke and just inform everyone of our listeners to know a little bit more about that organization and uh, then what we do, how we practice that here at All Saints and how you can benefit from that or maybe even come and join us and be a prayer minister with us. So we just wanted to give some information. And the first thing I'm going to share today is from the website for Order of St. Luke. And I want our listeners to know that this is an international as well as an interdenominational Christian healing organization. And they describe themselves as being made up of healing communities dedicated to offering healing prayer in Jesus' name to all who are in need. We are a Christian community of faith, prayer, and service. And it's a network of individual believers who come together to learn more about God's healing love and the power of the Holy Spirit to transform lives and bring wholeness. And there's a variety of training opportunities through the order. Uh, It's the one in the United States. The office is in San Antonio, Texas. It originally started in the 1930s in California that there was Episcopal priest, uh, John Gaynor Banks, who started that. Um, It's just a community of worshipers there that really believed in the power of prayer and healing, and that was what launched this movement. You can find Order St. Luke, uh, the physician, in other countries, so it's not just unique to the United States, but there's an organization in Canada, New Zealand, England, and then it's um, starting to broaden its reach in Europe and in Africa. So really, uh, it's an international organization. And then even though Episcopal started it, there are a variety of denominational um, factions and churches that are healing communities that have become members. So here at All Saints, I know, Jay, out of the three of us, you've been part of the order for the, the longest time. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it means to be part of the healing community here at All Saints? What has been your experience? Okay. Um, I've been a member of the Order of St. Luke since February 2006, and uh, that's when I was inducted into the Order here at All Saints. Um, At the time I was inducted, I was still a member of um, the United Methodist Church here in Lakeland, and um, basically the first church there. And um, at the time, the the Order was was open to, to anybody who wanted to be part of it who was uh, a believer and a Christian and wanted to involve themselves in the healing ministry. Um, I became involved in the healing ministry because I had a healing experience here at All Saints in 2004 that was um, amazing to me. Um, it was, it was, the Lord spoke to me and, and told me when I had cancer that I would be healed as long as I did what my doctors told me to do, but that the battle was won. And um, once I became once I got better, uh, I came to a healing service here on Wednesday, and um, they asked for praise reports. And so I raised my hand, and I stood up, and I told about how I had been healed by the Lord. And that pretty much got me on the, on the path towards becoming a member of the Order of St. Luke. 
when I became a member of the Order of St. Luke, I was st- like I said, I was still a Methodist, and uh, Father Reed had explained to me that if I really wanted to deepen my involvement in this ministry, that I really needed to think seriously about becoming an Episcopalian and coming mm-hmm. here. And I thought about that, and I agreed with him because at, at uh, the Methodist Church here in Lakeland, there was really not much of a an interest in the healing ministry. It's a it's a very it takes a lot of commitment to do this. It takes time. It takes spiritual commitment. It takes personal commitment, and they just weren't ready to do that. And so <clears throat> I made the decision to come here, and I've never looked back. I mean, it's been the greatest decision I've ever made. I became an Episcopalian in. Uh, 2007. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember back that far, but uh, but as as far as my experience here at All Saints in the Order of Saint Luke, it's been an incredible experience. I've I've uh, met some really amazing folks in the course of this, uh, both in the Order of Saint Luke and obviously the clergy and um, the people that I've had the opportunity to pray with and pray for. And I would say that. Uh, it's been a, a varied, ex- a varied experience since I've been here. Originally, we had uh, we had the prayer teams in the in the chapel, and we had um, we had some some kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Some informal, not re- informal, but but sort of local um, groups where we got together and we had kind of uh, uh, discussions and things like that, and, and it was almost like a um, it's almost like a retreat. It was a retreat, really. And the um, experience of that was, was very helpful in exchanging points of view with other members of the order and just the opportunity to share and have fellowship with other members and kind of deepen our understanding of what we were doing, you know, why we were doing what we were doing, mm-hmm. and um, how we would be able to deepen that involvement and and expand it really to to other members of the church and, and into the community when i first came here the the order of saint luke was deeply involved with the talbot house <clears throat> where we would go out on uh, if, if the month had five fridays in it on the fifth friday we would go to talbot house and uh, we'd have a kind of a, a an interesting uh, i don't know it wasn't really a worship uh event but it was it was a lot of singing and and just fellowship with folks and the folks people from Talbot House I think were attendees at the point of a gun really they mm. were required to attend this, these these services uh because uh, Reverend Paula Biker was the head of Talbot House at the time and she was a member of the Order of St. Luke so she basically said this is where you will be on Friday nights when they come <laughs> and that's that and, and I'm sure lives were touched. Yes, that. they were. And mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. usually what we did was we had had some music, and then um, somebody would read the scriptural passages, and then uh, someone would give a homily, and then we would have uh, healing teams or prayer teams rather set up at the front of the of the uh, dining hall there, and people would come up and um, you know people who wanted prayer, mm-hmm. and would come and they would they would introduced themselves and it was all very quiet you know there was no crosstalk you really didn't hear what other people were saying Mm -hmm. but it was an amazing situation where folks would come and they would be really touched by it and uh, I can remember one night going home from from one of these um, Friday night sessions I was driving with Father Reed and I, I had this incredible feeling at the time that 
you know, this is where God wanted me to be mm. because the experiences that we had that night was just really quite profound. And <clears throat> my comment to Father, Father Reed was, gee, I wish we could bottle this stuff. You know, <laughs> I could take it home with me because, you know, it's, it just, you just feel like, you know, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, you know, the next day you wake up and you've got all kinds of other stuff to do on a Saturday and it kind of fades away to some extent. But uh, we did the Talbot House for, gosh, I don't know how many years, four years, I think. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, the Talbot House management changed. And in the change, they sort of became very, I don't say, indifferent to what we were doing and almost insulting, I hate to say it. But um, so we decided we were going to move on from there. And they had, um, I can't remember what they were doing. I don't know if they had anybody come in after that to to uh, minister or whatever to, to the folks there. Sure. But uh, that was an outreach experience that was quite profound. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I pause you there? Because yeah. you've touched on uh, several different <clears throat> topics that I think is important uh, for our listeners. Um, so, and we haven't gone into what the education piece is, but we'll talk about that in a right. minute. Um, but first, it, so it started from your life experience is right. how you engage mm-hmm. with the order. And then there's some measure of continuing to experience what the order can offer as a healing community, um, then learning more about it. And I think for some of our listeners might, because I I know I've encountered this with people before, wonder why would someone need to learn about prayer? Isn't that just natural? Doesn't that just come easy for us? Mm. And we're all shaking our head no. No, it's not. (laughs) That that we all keep learning. So, So, Jay, when you were talking about having an experience at then doing service ministry, that then you come home and you realize you've been filled up. There's been something that you've learned and gained through that experience that you want to keep holding on to that. So the education piece is all about continuing to stay full and understand what God can do in the midst of that through us and in us and keep encouraging us. Um, So it's about us learning more about our relationship with God and um, the spiritual gifts that he can give us in this ministry, how we can serve others, and then we'll also touch on pastoral care in a little bit. Um, but just thinking about education, I know, Vicki, that is something that you've, when you've come to our church, you and your husband, Graylin, that you have been able to bring some of the education that you've learned in other settings and shared that with us, and that's been impactful here. Yes, um, we... A lot of what I learned about praying for people and healing prayer, I just learned through God and the Holy Spirit going back to uh, about 1983. And we did lots and lots of ministry and mission trips into other nations and prayed for people. And again, it's much like what Jay uh, describes because you're led by the Holy Spirit. You're led by God if you are surrendered and don't try to go in and just do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the about that same time, in the mid-'80s, I became familiar with Francis and Judith McNutt and their ministry, Christian Healing Ministries. And um, a few years later, they relocated their base to Jacksonville, Florida, where I was living. We were living at the time. And um, I grew in more knowledge of them and their prayer technique that they use and understanding people and the depths of healing, the interaction of different types of healing. There are actually four types of healing. And we, when we think about healing prayer, we think of physical healing, but it goes much more uh, into much more 
depth than that. There's emotional healing and inner healing and spiritual healing and, of course, deliverance. And and um, so by attending the schools there, they have four levels of the School of Healing Prayer. Um, you learn how to pray. You, you learn about all those different types of prayer. You learn how to pray for people in those circumstances, but you also learn so much about what makes you tick mm-hmm. and what about you and things that perhaps you need healing in your own life. And um, I became part of the faculty there. And then we relocated to Lakeland and I ended up here at All Saints. And I'm kind of like the OSL educator here because um we do conduct uh the different levels of the schools of healing prayer we're we just completed a level one great and uh, we'll be continuing on um we've done that for about three years now and we've completed um two what i would refer to as classes uh that have completed all four levels and um so it is a matter of learning exactly what to listen for Mm -hmm. you know the prayer model we use here at all saints and at christian healing ministries is listen love and pray Mm -hmm. and we learn to listen to the holy spirit we learn to listen to the people who are sharing their stories with us and are asking for prayer and judith mcnutt says 70 percent of healing comes just from people being listened to and being allowed to tell their stories Mm -hmm. and um so we um, we practice that as we're praying for people, whether it be in chapel, in the hospital, or in private appointments. Um, and I know, I know we're going to talk about the different types of prayer that we offer here mm-hmm. at All Saints, but uh, it's it's learning how to do how to put that into practice, but mainly learning how to listen to God through the power of the Holy Spirit to know exactly how to pray for that person. Amen. Well, so let's uh, finish the conversation about what education that we have used here at at, um, Mm -hmm. All Saints. And through the Order of St. Luke, they already, to become a member, they have a curriculum called 26 Miracles of Jesus. And uh, that's a workbook. And all of us then have received that and worked through it. And it's a matter of some of the synoptic gospel healing accounts, putting side by side and comparing that. But there's a a series of questions that are the same for every account that you read so that you are encountering that scripture and looking for themes that recur between different healing accounts, but also notice the differences and, and just through that exploration helps you to, to pay attention more to how Jesus responded to different people and, and um, ways that he cared for them and healed them. We also have used here um, then School 1 from Christian Healing Ministries, the teaching that Vicki just referenced, so that she has offered that here on at least two occasions since uh, you've been this, part of This is uh, the third. The third time. Okay. the third time for Level 1. Mm-hmm. And then she's offered the other schools. So that's above and beyond. But we also, those uh, members that have been part of the Order of St. Luke for several years, went ahead and uh, several did some of the level two and three and, 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 four. Uh, and four. A few mm-hmm. of us have done that. So that has been very meaningful and helps us then engage with some of the, the other offerings that we do here for prayer ministry. We also have had a couple of other books. Um, 
or three other books that I'll mention here by Francis McNutt. Uh, there's a book called Healing, and that was a, a book that everyone in this order has been asked to read and reflect upon. Uh, there's a book by Mark Pearson called Christian Healing, and uh, that's a practical and comprehensive guide. It's the subtitle, and that, that describes it well. And then A Care of Souls by David Benner, and its subtitle is Revisioning Christian Nurture and Counsel. So just different ways to come at um, the perspective of healing prayer and some of those are more from like a counseling perspective but just gives you some more insight I know the Order of St. Luke really uh, wants to promote that we are in dialogue with medical and health professionals that we're not trying to say don't see those professionals but do see those professionals but exactly. let's also pray for you um, and that would be similar the Christian healing ministries would also promote that absolutely yes so, mm -hmm. so that's some of the education piece and then um, as Jay was referencing, that there have been times in, in times past of having retreat gatherings. And I know in more recent history, we've been a little compromised with the pandemic, but we still have tried to find ways to do education. There was a few years ago where members of the Order of St. Luke and, and you all were part of this, uh, took uh, Sunday school time to, to provide mm -hmm. some teaching. And we had a variety of our members would come. Um, so we've provided a variety of education for us to keep growing as members of the Order of St. Luke, but also for parishioners to benefit um, so now let's transition just talk about some of our prayer opportunities Jay you already mentioned praying in the chapel but why don't you say a little bit more about that <clears throat> praying in the chapel I think is is very important both for the church and for the for the order of St. Luke ministry um, as you all know at, in, at the end of uh, or just before communion is, is actually given before the Eucharist is, is uh, administered. Um, Father Reed will say, you know, or, or Reverend Kathy will say, if you like healing prayer, um, members of the Order of St. Luke will be in St. Mary's Chapel to your right. You know, go on there if you want prayer. And um, the way it's set up is that we have prayer teams, usually two people. Uh, that's, the, that's the preferred uh, model for, for praying with people is exactly. to have at least two people. And I think that this goes to uh, <clears throat> Jesus's statement, you know, with two or more gather in my name, there I am with you also. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it, it helps to have two people there because it, having two people listen to a person coming for prayer, uh, I think gives more of a, uh, more of a dimension to, to, the, to the response to someone's request for prayer. Um, but the way that it works in the chapels that people will come in and they'll they'll wait their turn if there's more than you know one one person asking for prayer and they'll come up and and um usually um you know we'll, we'll ask them straight up you know what would you like jesus to do for you today and they'll tell tell what they would like and uh, then then we pray for them but we obviously as they're, they're speaking for their prayer request um we listen for the holy spirit to guide us and we you know, sometimes if, if they're accepted, if they will accept it, we'll bless them by uh, anointing them with the sign of the cross on their on their foreheads with um, uh, sacred oil, and um, we will um, lay hands on them if they would like to. That's it. we always request that we don't just do it. Um, this is a, a way to do it. Would you care to have us, you know, lay hands on you? Yes, most people do, or we'll hold their hand or something of that nature. And then it, it, there's a physical connection there that I think is really important. It, mm -hmm. it, it just adds so much more to the prayer experience. I think 
not just for us, but for, for the person who's receiving it. And that's the, that's the most important part. And Jay, when you would lay hands on somebody, where would you lay your hand? Um, where they would like us to. Uh, <laughs> usually if, if, if somebody has a back problem or a hip problem or a leg problem or something like that, um, we try to, to lay hands on the, on the area of the body where they're having the issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, we pray so that so that the Holy Spirit and through, through, through the Holy Spirit, you know, the Lord will, will bring healing to that part of their body. Um, we also pray for, you know, just for strength in the body, mind, and spirit when that happens. And most of the time people come, they, they want some prayer for healing, physical healing. Uh, a lot of people will come and they'll, and they'll ask for, for uh, prayers for strength. I mean, there's, it's, it's amazing how people just want to, the Lord to be part of their lives, to just bring them strength because they're, they're, they're struggling under the weight of, of life, basically. Mm-hmm. And so... And I'd imagine praying for that, you might be led to put a hand on either shoulder. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or maybe on the mm-hmm. top of the head. Correct. And you're yes. praying that way. Yeah, wherever, wherever the person's comfortable. I mean, that's, that's, they're the ones who are going to, the, the person for whom we are praying is going to dictate where, you know, any touching is, is, is allowed. And, um, and we'll pray for the person, and you know, as the, as the spirit leads us, and usually, um, I'd say that most prayer sessions don't last more than a, a few minutes, at that. Um, but um, you know, and then the person will leave or whatever. We'll ask blessing on them. We'll seal the the healing and, or the heal the prayer rather, and uh, and uh, then the next person will come up and we'll go through that. Um, the, the way that it's set up, our prayer ministers are, are we, we try to juggle the, the, the group so that we're not praying with the same person every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's, um, it's, a, it's an amazing ministry. Sometimes people will not come. I've been, I've been in the chapel before where no one comes for prayer. And so the other minister, prayer minister and I will, will pray for the pray for the church or pray for each other or pray right. for, for something. But mm-hmm. it's a time that's, that's dedicated to, to thoughtful prayer. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people don't necessarily come for prayer themselves doesn't mean that we're not going to be uh, offering prayers for, for uh, the church or for people that we know or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the chapel ministry is, is really, really important to the Order of St. Luke, I think. And um, I've, it's... And I guess I would add there's also, in contrast, there are times where people are lined up and, oh, yeah, and you're praying exactly. well after the service because exactly, there yeah. are lots of people there. Why having two people there is, is, is important because mm-hmm. sometimes we'll split up and, mm-hmm. and we'll just deal with the, uh, uh, the group as they come forward. But mm-hmm. um, some days there's a lot of folks, some days there's no folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just depends on how they're moved. But um, I, I certainly would, as part of this podcast, would... would encourage people if you have any prayer needs don't be shy mm-hmm. you know this is all done the thing i want to emphasize though is that when you come to the chapel for prayer what you've asked for is is held in absolute confidence yes but that's not shared with anyone yes. period and, and that's part of our training isn't it it's exactly. part of the order that we right. we hold that dear right <laughs> and so you know if, you, if you're if you're shy about it please don't be um, <clears throat> I know that it's for some people it's it's hard to step forward and ask for prayer. I mean, when I first became well, when I, when I had cancer, I I had people pray for me, pray for me, um, but I had never had anybody pray for me before. 
I mean, mm. I was 53 years old mm. when this was happening, 54 years old. And to have lived my life that long and have no one pray, pray for me mm. uh, or offer prayer for my healing and for whatever reason was really foreign to me. Mm. And, uh, but once I broke through that, uh, I was able to accept the prayers of people and uh, then at the same time, it turned my head around to where I wanted to be, you know, involved in actually praying for people. So, uh, but, you know, I, I can understand some people's reluctance to come forward and be, um, you know, open about what problems or, or issues they would like prayer for. But uh, my suggestion would be that if, you, if you're on the, on the edge because if you think that it's not confidential or whatever, please don't feel that because it is mm -hmm. confidential. And, and I'll let listeners know that no one comes reporting to me or to Father Reed to say, this is what I prayed for today. That doesn't happen. It really right. is held in confidence. Yes, it is. So. And, uh, <laughs> um, but I would, see, I would just urge people, if you're a church and or if, you, if you want prayer for somebody to pray for you, um, please don't, give that, don't miss that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because uh, you know, everybody has their own style in, in the Order of St. Luke. We all have our own kind of prayer style and... and um, but we all have the same goal, and that is to, to um, you know, be an agent of the Holy Spirit. Be an agent of the Holy Spirit, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Oh. Now, what yeah. were you going to share? Before? I was just going mm -hmm. to add that it's also a judgment-free zone. That um, mm -hmm. whatever is shared with us, there's no uh, judgment made, you know, at all mm -hmm. about the things that you're sharing, or if you're asking for prayer for another individual, we don't, you know, we we don't pass any judgment on that, mm -hmm. and. Um, there but for the grace of god go we <laughs> you know so yes. uh we're very um loving you know our for me personally my calling when i pray for people is to have them feel my goal is always to have them feel the love of god Amen. and how much he loves them mm -hmm. and his love is very is where the healing power comes mm -hmm. um and that they would have a an encounter with the love of Jesus, then they would go away feeling his presence. As you mentioned yes. about the Friday night, the mm -hmm. fifth Friday uh, thing, you came away really feeling the presence of God because you spent time with the Lord. And we may not have much time in chapel to spend with them or praying for them, mm -hmm. but the Holy Spirit can work instantaneously. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that that is always my personal prayer. That's just my that's just me. Yes. Like Jay said, we all have our different styles. But I think for every, I could speak for every prayer minister, our goal is to point people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great. Always. Well, let me touch on, so uh, Jay was just saying at our um, Sunday services, the 815, 1050, that we'll have prayer teens and prayer ministers there. After receiving Holy Communion, you can go by and receive prayer. On our Wednesday 1210 service, that that's another opportunity to come and receive prayer and after that service that one can be longer that people can stay and receive more individual attention then there's also our quarterly restore service why don't you speak on that vicki and what one might receive in receiving prayer at that service well our restore service uh, is a time of a short time of worship we have music um just kind of an opportunity to 
coming, giving us an opportunity to leave behind the cares of the world and come mm-hmm. into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And then we have a brief teaching on various topics. We've uh, spoken on grief. We've spoken on forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, uh, different types of healing, healing our image of God. Uh, so there have been lots of topics that we've covered And that's just a brief time of teaching, and then we offer an opportunity for people to receive prayer. We have a Eucharist, and they can receive communion, and then their prayer team stationed around the the back of the nave, which is the back of the church, Mm -hmm. and people can come to the prayer teams and receive prayer. That also is a time that isn't really hurried. we try to take as much time as we feel is needed Mm -hmm. for the person to come. And if they don't want to receive prayer, they're welcome to come and just be in the presence of the Lord Mm -hmm. and um, just to sit quietly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for adding that. There's quiet music and you can just sit in the presence of, uh, of God and the Holy Spirit. Yes. And a lot can happen for healing just in that quiet time that people mm-hmm. are receiving. Amen. And then another opportunity that uh, is extended to our community is um, a prayer appointment where you might come and have an hour or an hour and a half to receive prayer and uh, encouragement. Yes. So that's another thing that is offered, and you would just need to, to reach out, call the church office, and ask for me, or, or um, we'll get you connected with Vicki in some way. But there are a few of us in prayer teams that will um, provide that type of ministry. And again, that's all held in confidence, and we just want the, the Lord to be able to uh, take care of you, to heal you, to bless you, and for us to have that opportunity to pray for you. And those appointments can be repetitive. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not limited to just one appointment. And there's no charge for that. Sometimes people ask when they come for the appointment, mm-hmm. well, how much will it cost? It's a ministry. It's Amen. free. And um, there's absolutely no charge for that Amen. at all. So we've talked about a variety of ways to get educated and um, and to receive prayer and be part of the healing community that way. If anyone listening would like to know more about I like to know about how to be a prayer minister well ask please do <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> we want more to come alongside and join us in this and uh, it is an order so um in that way there is a time period that we encourage you to just be thoughtful be prayerful be reading the materials engage with us but you first have to express interest for us to then join you in that journey to encourage you and to help guide you um, in ways that we've learned over the the years of what's been encouraging to us and so that we can share that with you and um, help all of us to grow closer to christ in that process is there anything else that anyone would like to ask about or I think Share. the hospital ministry. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes, so our service ministry. And yes. nursing homes when mm-hmm. uh, we're able to access yes. to visit. Yes. Um, so ways that we you know step outside the walls of the church and, and help support our pastoral care is through the team that um, visits or at this time it's been more of phone calls but we're slowly getting back to making some face-to-face visits with people that are in the hospital so if members of our church let the um, chaplain of the hospital know that they're in the hospital then that is sent on a report to us and then we have a different prayer minister each day 
uh, Monday through Friday appointed to a check-in on people and pray for people. And that's been a very meaningful ministry mm -hmm. to people mm -hmm. that are praying and for those who are receiving. And uh, we also then, for anybody who's homebound is on our list, we have one of our ministers who has the oversight with that. And then uh, we just work in partnership together as a healing community team to um, stay connected with those that are in nursing homes or homebound in some way to pray for them, to reach out. They're, many of those folks are on our weekly prayer list. So we have a weekly prayer list that is shared among our ministry team and is also for anyone who comes to our 1210 service can be praying throughout the week for people on that list. If someone wants to be added to the week to the list or add someone, yes, they would just reach out to the through the church office, reach out to you. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Just call the church office, um, 863-688-4502 and, uh, and put your name on that list. So this has been a fruitful conversation. I've enjoyed talking about thank, this yes, and we do uh, ask for God's blessing upon this conversation and that people will hear it, want to respond to it in some way that they will be touched by Christ's presence. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.